Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I'm KW Taylor. This week, we're doing sort of a hodgepodge episode where we take some silly BuzzFeed quizzes, which I'm <laughs> very excited about, and we, <laughs> we share our answers. We'll also be playing a short game of Jeopardy in memory of the late Alex Trebek. And we're going to discuss National Novel Writing Month, or NaNoWriMo. Okay. Which quiz would you like to start with? Oh my goodness. Well, you were inspired by this topic because I posted my response to what Shit's Creek character are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so first of all, like, I really like BuzzFeed quizzes. I think they're fun. I think that mm-hmm. they're always a great little, you know, time waster when you're waiting in line somewhere or something, or you're just like getting ready to go to sleep or whatever. I just think they they brighten my day. I enjoy them a lot. They're a lot of fun. So why don't we start with that one? So yeah, that's great. What Shit's Creek character are you? I got David, which I was pretty excited about. Uh, he's one of my favorite characters. He is. So what what does it reveal about your personality? What does it say? It says, sure, sometimes, like David, you can come across as a little green and self-absorbed, but in reality, you have a huge heart and are always looking out for people's best interests above your own. Aw. I would say the good parts of that are definitely like you, for sure. Thank you. I mean, you could say that you're allowed to say the bad parts are like me, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, so who did you get? I got your sister, Alexis. Ah! <laughs> so it says, sometimes like Alexis, people are quick to judge you and underestimate your determination. But in reality, you're a hard worker who is who is able to always find a way to succeed. So I think that is 100% accurate. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we both also got Stevie as a, as a possible runner up. And I think that mm-hmm. that is the intersection of us is Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. That makes sense. <laughs> yep. And all three of those characters, I think, are my favorites, and they are flawed yet delightful and have their mm. good parts for sure. Yes. Although I will I will say that Moira is one of my favorites as well. You know, she I didn't like her in the beginning and she really did grow on me, so I understand. Cool. So do you wanna do the your IHOP order will reveal your superpower <laughs> one? That one was the weirdest one that you, you gave us to take today. I gotta say, I don't I don't really go to IHOP very much. I love brunch. I'm not a big like when I do brunch, I do like omelets. So like pancakes okay. and and I do have waffles a lot, but like pancakes are not really my jam as much. Oh, I yeah. love pancakes. I mean, I, I'll eat them if it's yeah. I mean, I, I'll eat them. I just I think I like a little bit more savory. I guess. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Makes sense. I just figured your IHOP order could sort of translate to another breakfast type of place. So. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And they did they did have some good options. Good. Good. So what was your answer? My answer was telekinesis, which is ironic because I do have a book series about a telekinetic. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was weirdly accurate. And I don't even know why. Like, how did they decide that? So, yeah. What was yours? I don't know how they decided, but mine was telepathy. Oh, have you always <laughs> wanted telepathy or thought that, that was cool? Or No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I have no tie to telepathy. Well, I guess communication would be useful, you know, if you're far away, you don't have to use your phone. But if we were talking about superpowers that we want, I always wanted to be able to fly. Mm-hmm. Flying is much more useful, I think, than telepathy. Although telepathy could could get you out of some sticky situations if it was just like mind reading and not I mean I don't know it's icky too like yeah I don't love mind reading I'll take the communicating with people in 
our heads, but I don't really want to read people's minds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. So what singer, let's see, what's, what was that one? Your winter choices will show you what singer you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting one. That was like, what kinds of wintry activities and clothes and images and <laughs> scenes you like. And so, yeah, what did you get for that one? I got Beyonce. Oh. Yeah, you stand out from the bunch and you excel in everything you do. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> you keep a low profile, but you work hard and you're humble. <laughs> okay. What'd you get? I got Ariana Grande because I have okay. a calm demeanor, but I'm not to be messed with. I just like to have fun and remain positive. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> yeah. Even though I don't really I don't really care for her as a singer, but I think her attitude is pretty positive. But yeah, Beyonce. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about the one where it's choose some things for your school and we will reveal your style? Yeah, I got modern and <laughs> you've seen my house. Like I live in a Victorian house, yeah. which is very antique and stuff. But it also says that I'm organized, sassy and passionate, which I'm that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I got minimal which I don't agree with mm. because, yeah, I like, I don't know. I just like lots of things. Yeah. <laughs> Very messy. <laughs> but it does say I am ambitious, adventurous, and laid back, which I feel like fits pretty well. Yeah. I feel like the descriptions on that one were accurate, but the actual styles seem not accurate yeah. for us. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. What about the Netflix one? So it's basically design a Netflix movie and they'll reveal if you're the protagonist antagonist or villain but just or both for the movie yeah this one was really interesting and i ended up getting deuteragonist oh what is that it says this is not your story though some would say your story is far more compelling you're the right hand man to the protagonist their best friend their most trusted advisor their begrudging ally in life you are the mom friend oh or the most trusted driver, filled with love and mysteries. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, so I thought that was pretty interesting. You're the nurturing sidekick, basically. Is that, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's not quite sidekick. Okay. But I thought that was interesting because I do like to play with point of view and stories and stuff. So sometimes I'm like, maybe I want to write from this point of view, even though it's not really the main character, you know? Mm. So I just, I just thought that was cool. Yeah. What did you get? I got the antagonist. <laughs> it says, unfortunately, the protagonist is that one coworker you cannot stand or your estranged sibling. You are naturally opposed to the protagonist, though this doesn't necessarily make you evil. In life, you share many traits with them, but this is not your story. So sit back, relax, and content yourself in watching the world burn. <laughs> Wow. I think that, well, first of all, I don't relate to any of that, but I think that I was in a weird little headspace of wanting to design like a, like a futuristic quasi dystopian mm. sci-fi thing. And I was like yeah. picking sort of darker themes just because I feel like that would be the kind of movie I would want to watch just like right now. It doesn't mean it's what I would want in the world or yeah. to want to watch even, you know, two hours from now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. I yeah. like that. So the last quiz is a little bit different. This is a game of would you rather, but for book lovers. So the first question, would you rather only be allowed to read new releases or only be allowed to read classics? And I said classics. 
you took so long to answer that I was like, maybe did our sound cut out? <laughs> no, 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 no. I feel somewhat weirdly guilty about that, even though I love new books and I we have so many author friends and I like to support their work and I, you know, I write new stuff and want that to be supported too. But in terms of sometimes if I need a comfort read, I will go to a classic. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. This one was hard for me too, because like you said, there's so many good books coming out. But I went back to high school mm-hmm. when I really got into the classics and I really started to, I mean, I always loved reading, but it was when I really started to love writing too. So yeah, I picked classics because of that. And you know that I love Edith Wharton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and the next one was, would you rather not be able to buy any new books until you finished all the ones on your shelf or never be allowed to read any of the books you currently own? Because I have so many books that I own but haven't read, I'm going to go with, I'll finish reading the ones I have. What about you? That's what I said, too, because I literally have this, like, shame pile of books I haven't (laughs) finished that's, like, right by my bed. And I look at it every day and think, oh, I should be reading you instead of of buying an impulse Kindle book (laughs) in the middle of the night. I love the image of you buying impulse Kindle books in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, for real? Like, I usually will finish a book like at one thirty in the morning. And then I'm like, clearly nothing I already own either on my Kindle or in this giant stack is going to do it. Instead, I'm going to buy this wreck that the Kindle gives me right then and there because I'm, <laughs> I have no like impulse control. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. All right, so next question. Would you rather only be allowed to mark your place by dog-earing the pages or have to make a small mark on the corner of every page you've read? That was a weird question. Yeah. I didn't even know. I put hand me the pen because I kind of don't love dog-earing, but I've done both and I kind of, unless it's a book that like I bought and it's signed and I'm trying to keep it nice, I don't really have a lot of preciousness around the actual physical book, especially if it's like a paperback or something. Like, I'll do whatever I need to to make sure I can find my place. But like, do you don't have a sticky or you don't have a bookmark or you can't just be like, I'll just find my place later. I mean, like, I don't know. (laughs) There's always a better way that's not as destructive. KW doesn't like that question. (laughs) What did you say? What did you say? I put I'll bend the corners because it seems like an easier way to quickly find your place Mm -hmm. rather than just a mark on the page. And I believe books should be well-loved. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I highlight and stuff and I make notes, but yeah. Yeah. It's a dumb question. (laughs) (laughs) This was a weird question too. Would you rather live in your favorite book, but the main character hates you or (laughs) your favorite book character is real, but they're actually super annoying? Yeah, that one is a weird one. I'm going to say I'll live inside my favorite book because then at least you have a whole world you know, a whole new world. And then you don't have to interact with the protagonist, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I said, too. I'm like, I I, for some reason, I thought of this is not necessarily my favorite book character, but I was instantly like Harry Dresden is in the world, but he's like Mm. a total jerk, which I'm like, he already kind of is. So I don't know if that would be that different. I'd rather live in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Okay, would you rather a series you love stops getting published after a major cliffhanger? Or an author you love starts writing in a genre you don't like. I put cliffhanger because I really, I don't know. Like, I also am not very author loyal. So 
that's already happened to me where authors I like start writing in other genres and I just kind of don't read those and it's fine. So I guess maybe I should have said that, but I don't mind an, an a series ending cliffhanger because okay. I think that that actually, that happens in TV all the time. And so having it happen in books also doesn't really bother me because I figure fan fiction exists and I can either decide in my own brain what happened or or read what other people might have thought happened and it's fine. I don't know. What did you say? Yeah, that's true. I, well, I took the question to mean that the book series stops abruptly on a cliffhanger, like there's meant to be another book, but it just never comes out. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, if it's a series I love, that would drive me absolutely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked an author I love starts writing in a genre you don't like because again I'm not super author loyal so it's not like I have to read every book that an author I like writes mm -hmm. and I'll just be like well that's fine they go off into a, another genre they're happy and I'm not going to read it that's fine or you know the other option is to start start reading in a new genre and, and maybe I'll like it I don't know I have to say, I the picture for that answer is this woman. <laughs> she looks like Elena from One Day at a Time, and she's got glasses, and she's got a top knot, and she's holding a book, and she's looking sideways at it, and she looks super perplexed, like, I don't understand words all of a sudden, because my favorite romance author is writing mystery. What is, what is life? It's like a stupid stock image, and I hate it. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Okay, but would you rather be allowed to read fan fiction but never write it or be allowed to write fan fiction but never read it? Um, read fan fiction but never write it because then I still have the the pleasure of living in worlds that I like and being with characters I like and alternate universes and all that good stuff, but I don't have to write it. I could write my own stuff. That's that's cool. I'm I don't See how that is uh, a hard question. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what about you? I said the same thing, and ninety percent of the people who took this quiz agreed with us. So that's a really, I think that's a silly question. Yeah. But yeah, I I actually still sometimes read some fan fiction, not not as much as I used to when I was younger, but but yeah, it's a fun little break in between reading other books, and you know, sometimes you find some really good stuff that way. So yeah, very true. Would you rather never be able to finish a series or never reread your favorite books? I don't actually remember which I put because I feel like that's, I don't reread books a ton anyway. So I would probably say I'd rather never reread my favorite books. Interesting. Okay, I put never finish a series because I've dropped a lot of series yeah. and it doesn't really bother me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless it's something that I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. But even then, like I just finished a book series that has been 20 years in the making and I almost didn't want to finish it. I was just like, I don't want this to end. Yeah. And I do reread books relatively frequently. Yes. So they're, and they're comfort books. So I would rather be able to reread books that I love. Okay. Would you rather build Belle's library in your home, Belle from Beauty and the Beast, or restore the library of Alexandria? I am being selfish. and I would rather have Belle's library in my house. <laughs> I said the other one. Mostly I said the other one because the way they phrased the answer was let me borrow the doctor's TARDIS and stop the fire. And I'm like, wait a minute, in this scenario, I have the TARDIS. So <laughs> I could also do other things, presumably. So I said that one. I also thought that was a little bit adventure and it just sounded fun. But I yeah, I get the appeal of Bell's Library. Absolutely. I 
absolutely get the appeal of jumping in the TARDIS and having (laughs) adventures. So (laughs) would you rather be in charge of deciding how your favorite series ends or how your favorite author's next book starts? I said I'd give my favorite series a different ending. Oh, okay. Just because, I mean, I, as an author, I don't want to necessarily dictate to somebody else what they're going to work on next, but there's been a lot of series that end not the way I would prefer, so I would mm-hmm. totally do that. That makes sense. I'm still going to go with the other answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll choose my favorite author's next project, because in my mind, and I'm not saying this that this is true, but these are all hypotheticals, in my mind... I am best friends with whatever favorite author. (laughs) (laughs) So I get to be like, hey, I really love epic fantasy. Do you want to write me an epic fantasy? And they do because they're best friends with me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right, then. (laughs) Those are so fun. But I think, yeah, if people are interested in taking a bunch of BuzzFeed quizzes, I mean, just Google BuzzFeed quizzes, you'll get so many silly things. And I mean, I've, I've done more over the years than I should just I'm sure if I got the hours back that I've spent taking BuzzFeed quizzes I would have (laughs) been able to like get another book written or something (laughs) yeah I do love BuzzFeed quizzes and they're they're fun ways to pass the time Mm -hmm. so highly recommend but now we're on to another game Mm -hmm. another quiz of sorts yeah (laughs) we're gonna play some Jeopardy We sadly lost Alex Trebek. At the time that we're recording this, it's only been a couple of days since he passed away. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm i sad. I, he lived a good long life and, and contributed a lot more to, I think, society and culture than we than we think. And kind of like someone like, you know, Bob Ross or Mr. Rogers or Steve Irwin, I think he has that similar place of like, this is a comforting guy who's telling us stuff and sort of teaching us without being kind of annoying about it. And I don't know, I think that's to be valued. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And one of the things I love about Jeopardy is that it is a learning experience, but it it's made to be fun. Mm-hmm. And like, sure, I don't think I would ever go on Jeopardy because I don't want the humiliation if I don't know an answer. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like watching it, I don't feel bad that I don't know the answers. It's just like, oh, here's an opportunity to learn new things. And that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do way worse at Jeopardy than I do. I'm I'm pretty decent at pub trivia and similar things like that. And I really like to play that. And I like that that's a little bit like the dumbed down version of Jeopardy. (laughs) (laughs) And the pressure of like winning a you know, plate of mozzarella sticks is a little less fraught than than. I don't know, man. I would fight really hard for that plate of mozzarella sticks. (laughs) So we each picked a game. Mm -hmm. We each have it up on our own browsers. The other person can't see the answers or what the questions are. I picked show 8272. And the topics for this show are River Deep, Mountain High, American Names, Before and After, Emmy's Best Comedy, Gestures, and Wait, what's that? But Wait is spelled W-E-I-G-H-D. Okay. Yeah. So you want me to choose a category? Sure. Okay. Let me have the Emmy's Best Comedy. Okay. Would you like a dollar amount or do you just want me to pick one? Why don't you just pick one? Okay. 2017, Your Government at Work. Veep. What is Veep? That is correct. (laughs) 
Sorry, it's a little hard to read the oh, okay. the format. But yeah. Okay. Cool. Correct. So let's have you do uh, the categories for this game that I picked were Getting the Key to the City, Hymns, Hymns, H-Y-M-N-S, Sports Halls of Fame, Magic, Gosh. Books by Subtitle, and <laughs> Beverage Rhyme Time. Oh, wow. Okay, let's go with Books by Subtitle, Okay. please. Do you have a dollar amount or you want me to just pick one? Let's just do 200. 200? Okay. 2006, An Oral History of the Zombie War. What is World War Z? That is correct. Yay! Right. Okay. Do you remember the the topics? Yeah, let me just do a thousand on the Emmy sitcom. Okay. 1998, The Doctor Was In, parentheses, and on the radio. Oh, what is Frasier? Correct. Good job. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's do the thousand in um, the books by subtitle. Okay. 1877. Oh, the autobiography of a horse. What? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. That would be Black Beauty. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you want a new topic or? Yeah, um, let me do a new category. Let's do Oh, let's do before and after for 200. Okay. Russian empress who covers 95,000 square miles of water as a North American quintet. Oh. Russian empress. I don't know. Catherine the Great Lakes. Oh, that's really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with magic. Okay. And you could pick the dollar amount. Let's do magic for 200. Okay. In 2008, two Italian magicians pulled 300 of these out of a hat. What are rabbits? Yes! Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Let me do American names for 200. Okay. After manually guiding the eagle to the moon, this first in command went on to get a Presidential Medal of Freedom that same year. Who is Neil Armstrong? Correct. Oh, wow. Okay, what would you like? Hmm. I will do hymns for 200, please. Okay. This hymn that says, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was written by a slave trader turned abolitionist. What is Amazing Grace? That is correct. Yay. Let me do before and after for a thousand. An NPR station's push for donations has this window for motorists at Burger King. What is a pledge drive through? Correct. <laughs> Those are so dumb. Okay, let's do one more with you and then we'll knock okay. this off, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to redeem myself, so we're going to do books by subtitle for 800, please. Okay, sounds good. 2012, From Lost to Found on the Pacific Crest Trail. Uh, wait, I see... Oh, oh, I was like, I see the book cover in my mind what is wild <laughs> that is correct all right Yay. cool great jeopardy's fun <laughs> it is fun yes i hope it's fun for people listening <laughs> i hope so too so if you're interested in doing something similar you can go to j-archive.com and you can find decades worth of jeopardy shows so yeah yep it's an incredible resource mm -hmm. absolutely 
Awesome. Well, now we're going to talk about NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month. Mm -hmm. If you don't know about it, it's just sort of a fun thing that writers do where we challenge ourselves to write 50,000 words in one month. It's always in November. Are you doing it this year, KW? I'm not doing it technically. Like you're supposed to write a 50,000 word novel in 30 days from November 1st to November 30th. I do not have time. I'm teaching three classes right now and I'm doing a lot. So I'm doing a little variation of it and I'm trying to produce a kind of longer short story. Mm -hmm. And it's not due till February. It's for an anthology call. So I'm I'm pretty confident that I'll get it done. I'm not trying to write every single day. I'm I'm just trying to write when I can. And I don't have a set word count per day. And I don't even know exactly how long the story is going to end up being. But it's probably going to be upwards of closer to 10,000 words. So it's not nothing, but it's much yeah. more modest. But I have done NaNoWriMo. And in fact, my first novel, The Red Eye, which is currently out of print, but is hopefully going to come back into print eventually. <laughs> I did that as a my first time doing Nano, and I did it, and it eventually nice. got published. So yeah, that's awesome. What about you? I'm not doing it traditionally this year. I do love Nano because you know it's a good challenge, and I usually get a lot of words written. This year has been really weird <laughs> for a lot of reasons, <laughs> mm -hmm. and I just haven't written all that much. So I decided to participate just so I would get more words done. But instead of starting a new project and trying to finish a first draft in a month, I have too many projects that are ongoing. <laughs> so I'm just parsing up my daily word count between a couple of different projects. And that's been working pretty well so far. But again, very weird month for me. I'm about to move states. So <laughs> I don't know exactly how, how long I'll stick with it. But yeah, it's been pretty good because it's just something that gets my butt in the chair. Uh -huh. Whereas if it's if I'm not doing it, I make excuses to not sit down and write. But now I'm like, oh, you have you have an hour here. So you go write at least 500 words, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I well, I've, I've done workshops before with creative writing students trying to go through strategies and things. And even if I'm not actively doing it, I think it's a wonderful thing for I think it's a great thing for fledgling writers to try. I also think it's great for established writers to to kind of jog some new ideas and stuff. You don't even have to do it in November. You could do it any time of the year. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that's really beneficial is looking at that daily word count. Now, our friend JL Gribble actually sent me a reverse nano method where you front load all your words toward the end so that on the 30th day, you only have like 400 to do or something. So I think that's, I mean, more power to her. She's amazing and one of the most prolific authors I know. But that's, that's scary. And I don't know that that's a good <laughs> oh, approach. Really? Yeah, well, I, I think for somebody who's very established and already has a good habit, like maybe that's great. But I think for a new writer, that would be too intimidating. And so doing the, the 1,667 words a day for a new writer, you can get that done in an hour or two. And I think that's much less intimidating than trying to start with like 3,000 a day or something. <laughs> okay, yeah, I get that. There's this site I use called pacemaker.press. Oh, yeah, it's very cool. You can set your own daily goals. So oh. I put in, you know, 50,000 words. I'm going to start on November 1st, going to end on November 30th. And then you can pick the sort of pattern you want. Ooh. So you can, yeah, it's really customizable. So you can say, oh, this day is Thanksgiving. I'm not going to get any words done mm -hmm. on that day. So you'll put zero for that day. 
as you plan, and then it'll automatically adjust all your other days. And one of the things that I really like to do with it is they have this plan called a mountain hike. Uh-huh. So you start out pretty low in your daily word count and you go up and in the middle of the month, you're writing like 3000 words a day. And then you come back down and you're writing fewer and fewer words each day on the way down. So you end up with like, yeah, 300 words a Ooh. day on the last day. Nice. So I really like that one. And it's because it gets me into it, like it eases me into it. Uh-huh. And also, it's kind of nice because the first day is 300 words or something. And it's easy to go over that. So I kind of try to keep on top of it uh-huh. each day. And yeah, it's it's a really good resource. Cool. I've just bookmarked that. That sounds really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that one of the things that I think writers, many writers have in common is that if it's not our full-time job, it's too easy to feel mentally fatigued or uninspired. And forcing yourself to engage in a challenge like this, whether it's self-imposed or some, you know, little contest or whatever, it's a great way to get making it a habit again or making it a habit at all and making sure that you fit it into your day, either first thing or last thing. So what's the time of day that you feel the most productive to get your words out for that day? Oh, I like writing at night. Okay. What about you? Probably also at night, although my schedule is so crazy right now. And when I when I was more successful with Nano, it was when I would do it first thing in the morning. So mm. I'm thinking I might kind of switch it. Because anymore, I, for some reason, I feel a little fatigued at night right now. So yeah. yeah. One of the things I also want to mention is Nano is really cool because you sort of have a built-in community mm-hmm. because if you sign up on nanorimo.org, which is like the official site, there are forums there. You can join a group by location. So like I'm in the Pittsburgh one and it's not like I talk to a lot of people, but they, and this year accepted, they host write-ins in person that you could just walk in and, and write for an hour or go. And this year, because of the pandemic, they have a Discord server. So it's just, I think it's cool because there's a lot of support that you get from other writers that you don't necessarily get the rest of the year. Cool. Yeah. And I will give a plug to the guy who invented Nano is Chris Beatty. And he has a book and he's had multiple editions of it and in workbooks and other things. But he has a book called No Plot, No Problem which I've actually used as a textbook in creative writing. And it is designed to get you to write a novel in 30 days. And it's so cutely written and very supportive and helpful. And the Kindle edition is only $1.99. Nice. But he also has workbooks and other other helpful tools that um, I think are very good for for the fledgling novelist. And I think the funny thing is that at least the last time I checked, even though he's done nano like a bajillion times and is the creator of it i don't think he's ever actually published any of his nano novels (laughs) that's okay that's okay it kind of proves to me that you know again if you're if you're interested in this but you don't want to be a published author it's just a great exercise in creativity Mm -hmm. and i think that no matter what you want to do with the product that you produce you can think of writing as the same thing as like going to the gym or or working out or making sure you get good sleep. It is it is exercising the creative, imaginative, inventive, and empathetic part of your brain. And that is not a bad thing for anyone. 
Very well put. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys decide to do nano, tweet at us and tell us about yeah. your experience. I think that would be super fun. But next week, we're going to be talking about the Nancy Drew CW series, as well as the computer game Nancy Drew Midnight in Salem. We're also going to be sharing one of our favorite books of all time, and each of us will curate a pop culture list for the other. I am nervous and excited at the same time. <laughs> our theme music is by Joseph McDade. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at KWTaylorWriter. And I'm at Carrie Gessner. And you can find us together on Twitter at PausePopPodcast. If you'd rather email us, you could do that at PositivelyPopCulture at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, stay healthy and safe, and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. <laughs>